Hello and welcome to the I Know Nothing About Beer podcast. I am your host, Al the Brewer, and I am so glad you are listening today. This podcast is for anyone that wants to learn more about craft beer and the culture that surrounds it. Whether you're brand new to the scene or a vet of craft beer, I hope you find something to take away from this podcast. So, pour yourself a beer, pull up a bar stool, and enjoy. Cheers. Hello and welcome to the I Know Nothing About Beer podcast. How in the world are you doing out there in podcast land? So, so good to be here with you today. Oh my goodness, today. So, let me tell you. Normally, I talk to people that have been into beer for a while, that have been into the beer scene, do something that is beer plus their personal life connected. So, like, you know, uh, like my dad into beer series, dads that are into beer. And then we have my pious pint. These are people normally with some religious affiliation and how beer intersects in their lives. We have just the normal, you know, I know nothing about beer interviews with brewery owners and people connected to beer. But today I'm excited because so many of the people I know have been into beer for such a long time. And I want to talk to someone that hasn't been into beer for a long time and just kind of pick their brains because I've been into beer for like, what, uh, 2000, since 2007, 2008, so 12, 13 years, depending on when you're listening to this. Um, right now I'm recording this. It is, uh, oh my goodness, it's late. Oh, it's it's the week before Thanksgiving. So yeah, New Year's is coming around. So, uh, but I've been into beer for a while, and so I want to talk to somebody that is just getting into the beer scene and get their thoughts. And so, I'm talking to Drew, uh, my buddy Drew, uh, Andrew. He is uh, a work buddy that I got to know from my time working at a, we'll say, major airline. And he was like, yeah, I'm kind of into this beer stuff. And we started talking we uh, hit up a couple of brews with him. He's come to some of my brew days and, uh, and it's just been such a blast to get to know Drew. He's a really great guy. And um, I wanted to pick his brain about what he is learning as he is learning about beer because beer is a huge world. And here at the DFW area, uh, the craft beer scene is exploding, which is awesome. And I love that. And it's so good to have so many options of where to get a good beer. It's now, not as much of a challenge of like where, but which one, which is great. My favorite type of problem to have is like, which good beer do I go to today? Um, so talking to Drew, talking to him about uh, what he's learning about beer. And then there's a question at the end. Uh, I don't want to spoil it, but I've got to answer it because I said I would um, about overrated beers. So let me say this. Um, I... As many of you, I mean, you know this, I, I love beer, um, but there are sometimes beers that I just don't get, or I'm just like, you know what, I don't see the hype around it, um, and I'm pretty sure some of you are already going, oh my good, he's going to complain about hazies. No, 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 here's the deal. There are beers that I'm just like, I, I just don't, I, I don't get it. Um, the, uh, what's it called? The ones that I think are ever-rated are, and I don't want to name a specific one, but the um, hazy tropical fruit beers that literally just taste like orange juice. I just, I know, I just don't. 
I would rather buy orange juice than buy a pint or two of the ones that taste exactly like oranges. Now, I am not critiquing the breweries that make those. If you're making those, I'm guessing as a brewery, you're making those because people are buying them. And amen, you're making money. Do it. Go full bore. If that is your thing, if that is what you're making you money as a brewery, especially, do it. Make that money. Okay. I, this is a personal me, Al the Brewer thing. I just don't care for beers that just taste like orange juice. I'd rather just have orange juice. It's, that's just me. So we get to that a little later on the uh, episode and I say, oh, I'll mention it in the show notes, but really that's my, my one thing. I've been thinking about it for a while and if there's one thing that just overrated me, Beers that taste like orange juice. I'm fine with beers that have like a mango flavor or a pineapple flavor. That's great. Um, But when they just taste like orange juice, I'm just like, I'd just rather have orange juice. That's it. That's it. Anyways, that's my little rant. Okay. Anyway, so this is my podcast with Drew. And I'm so excited to bring this to you. Also, I'm going to be releasing this before December 14th, which means... You, if you were listening to this before December 14th, 2019, have the opportunity to go see me at New Made Brewing. We are doing Carol of the Beers. I'm so excited about this. We are literally singing Christmas songs while drinking beer. Put that again on the microphone. Singing Christmas songs, drinking beer. You know you want to do this. You know that sounds like fun. If you are saying that does not sound like fun, you are a Grinch. Come grow your heart four times sizes over New Main Brewing, December 14th, 6.30, 8.30. Come see me. Let's hang out. Uh, let's, let's you know, come, just, just come. There's a night market. It's going to be so much fun. Find that gift for whomever it is you're like, I don't have, can't remember who it is that they wanted or they're super hard to buy stuff for. Come to the night market, have a beer, enjoy some singing, take an Uber home. It's going to be a good time. Just trust me. Just come. Just come. All right? Just come on by. Have a good time. All right. Everybody, I love you and I appreciate you. Thank you so very much for listening and cheers. Hello, everybody, and welcome to an episode of I Know Nothing About Beer. How in the world are you doing out there in podcast land? Oh, it's so good to be back on the microphone. I have in front of me my buddy, uh, Drew. I wanted to say Andrew, but you don't go by (laughs) Andrew. You go by Drew. Uh, Drew is a work buddy of mine, and we have – he's been into beer. How long have you been into craft beer? Um, Probably – I started what December was when I really got into it. So, so not even a year. Not even a year, which I'm so excited about because I've talked to a whole lot of people on this podcast that have been into beer 5, 10, 15, 20 plus years. And um I haven't had anybody that's like new into beer and I've got mm-hmm. so many questions because I don't I can't just walk up to someone at the bar and go, "Oh, are you new into beer?" cuz I'm going to ask you some right. questions. So, <laughs> it's so fun to uh have a buddy of mine that I'm that is willing to be about behind the mic and uh is excited to just kind of talk about that. Um so Drew, let me ask you a couple things. Um one, how did you get into craft beer? Uh basically you. Um <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't think it was me. I yeah. literally, I was like, oh, you know, Drew, he's he likes beer. Here's some ideas what you can get. And into. I mean that was the thing was, you know, I just liked beer, 
but I don't think it was until I started talking with you and we were hanging out and everything that uh, you were imparting your wisdom upon me. And I was like, oh, wow, okay, there's more than just, you know, this IPA that you can get wherever. Mm-hmm. There's sours and barley wines and all that kind of stuff. So what were you drinking before, say, December? What was your normal, uh, you know, poison of choice? <laughs> um, so before then, I, you know, I had gone to breweries and stuff before, uh, but, I mean... Normally, I would just go to, like, get, like, a blood and honey from somewhere. Mm-hmm. Revolver. Yeah. So, you know, something that uh, is kind of like a step, like a stepping stone into mm-hmm. kind of the other breweries and different kinds and all that. But uh, I started off with RAR and Martin House. Gotcha. Um, and what really got me started was uh, my dad and my sister are really into craft beer. Mm-hmm. So uh, they would take me to places, and I remember the first time I went to RAR, it was like three weeks after I turned 21, and I had like a glass and a half, because you know, you get your three glasses yeah. for 15, I think it's 20 now, but uh, or whatever, um, and I like could could barely finish the blonde. <laughs> And then, like, I got, like, halfway through the the amber, the Texas red, and I was like, I don't think I can do this right now. I think I'm good. I think you're good. And then it's just crazy how, like, how uh, my palate has, I guess, developed since then to now. Gotcha. Um, Was there, would would you say there's a beer that, like, is there a beer that you're like, okay, uh, this is amazing, what's next? Um... What do you mean by that? Like, so for me, like uh, the first time I had like Saison Dupont, it was the first time I was. It was a moment of like, this is amazing. I need to go further down the rabbit hole. Like, like what else does what else does this craft beer thing have to offer? Was there a beer that like kind of changed your mind or opened your eyes to like, oh, there's more that there there's mo- there's more right. down the rabbit hole. Uh, I think it was the first time I had a stout that I kind of realized, you know, I, I love chocolate. And mm-hmm. I think the first stout that I had was at Shannon Brewery. Gotcha. And uh, I just kind of fell in that, love with that. And I was like, all right, what, what more does this, uh, mm-hmm. this dark chocolatey goodness have to offer? I do know that beer. Mm-hmm. So that was, that was kind of my stepping stone into just kind of trying to figure out what else is there to offer. Cause you know, I knew there was IPAs and all that. Yeah. Um, but then, once I kind of went down that rabbit hole, I started branching out, and I tried a sour here, and mm-hmm. then I was like, oh, I actually do like sours. Let me try gotcha. more. And so, it just kind of, yeah, started off with, you know, me liking stouts, and then branched out from there. Hmm. Is there anything that's been just, um, let me see, is there anything that, uh, is there any beer style that you're that you that you've tried that you're like i don't know if i'm ever gonna like this um not that i know of there was there was one beer in when i was in icewind that i that's the only style i've had and haven't seen it ever again and it it was not it was not great (laughs) so so let me back up just a second so drew and i both work at i'm gonna say a major airline Okay, just okay. in case <laughs> some lawyer listens to this and goes, I don't know if I want this company associated with such riffraff. Um, and part of the benefits of working for a major airline 
is that we get free standby. And so Drew, being a young single man with zero children and or attachment, <laughs> can just fly all over the world and go, hey, I feel like going to Iceland in two weeks. Why don't I try to make it there? Hey, Alaska sounds fun. Hawaii, why not? <laughs> so um, there's very much a part of me that lives vicariously through your Instagram of just yeah. trying beers all over the world. And I'm going... Oh, I've only had this job when I was 22. <laughs> yeah. That would have been a lot of fun. And I wish uh, I'd started bringing back beer sooner. Mm. Yeah, because that would have been cool to bring back something from Iceland. But yeah. at that time, I wasn't, you know, still kind of getting my feet wet. So what's the, uh, is there a beer so far in your travels that you've been like, ooh, I wish I could bring that back next time? Um, anything from Trillium. Mm. Um, I, I wish you I grabbed me a couple cans. Didn't I did. You? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish I could have grabbed more. <laughs> um, other than that, I mean, I wish I could have grabbed more from Anchorage Brewing. Hmm. But I honestly, I I like everything anywhere I go. Gotcha. So if I could just bring a few cans or bottles from each place I go to, that <laughs> would be a perfect world. Have you had a Rausch beer yet? A smoked beer? Uh, I've not. Okay. You had, then then I don't. That's the style that I still can't, I still can't get into. Uh, smoked beer, the the malt is um, is uh, so to get color and taste in a lot of malts, you roast the beer, the roast the malts, and then you know in like a kiln, and that changes the color of the grain, which you know changes everything that that happens from there on. With a smoked beer, you take the grain and you put a fire underneath it and let the smoke absorb into the the grain itself. Excuse me. And uh, to me, it just tastes like liquid barbecue sauce, <laughs> and I can't stand it. And there's a brewery in Germany that's been making them for like 400 years. It is a, an extremely well-made beer. Um, I don't dig them at all. Uh, there's a brewery that's um, – they're trying to find their spot right now, and they so far have had the smoked beer that I've enjoyed the most. And it's one I could probably drink a full taster of, but that's about it. <laughs> yeah, and it, it was very good, but it, it wasn't – I think it was a smoked habanero, uh, habanero Ooh. one. Yeah. See that I like the the interesting, mm-hmm. you know, flavors and styles. So I would definitely be, you know, down to try that. Yeah. So. Yeah. If if I can get in contact with them, um, I would I would I'll, I'll see if I can mm-hmm. spot you a can. Or, or I'll just fly out to Germany. Or you just mm-hmm. fly out to Germany. Just go try that place. That's a a regret was not bringing anything back from Germany because mm. I feel like that's one of the you know big beer. It is capitals of the world, and Germany of... has left its mark in beer history pretty well. Yeah. yeah, so I'll definitely have to go back, do that, and Belgium, and grab like three suitcases full of stuff. I mean, if you're going to Belgium, I mean, I'm I'm just handing you my credit card. <laughs> like you just, yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, what's been the most surprising thing about craft beer to you? Um, I think I wasn't expecting the community. Really? To be as, I guess, uh, invested and um, I don't know how to characterize it, but the community is great. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone's so invested in their local beers and then trying everything else, and everyone's been so nice and great, great conversations with great people. Um, you know, obviously there's drama like any other community. There are, I, yes. But for the most part, you know, I think 
when the uh one of the beer groups that we're in uh the founder does you know charities and fundraisers mm-hmm. and stuff like that so i think that's really cool because i guess i've never really been part of a community that is so involved in you know that and uh just i don't know great you know you have beer share or bottle shares mm-hmm. and you know, everyone just seems like they're having fun and mm-hmm. just hanging out, getting to know each other. Yeah. And then there just happens to be beer there too. Good beer. Good beer. Yeah, that that really does help. Um, I think I heard, it was either Papazon or uh, Daniels, Charlie Papazon or, or Ray Daniels that said uh, craft beer is ninety five percent not a holes. <laughs> and I kind of agree with that. Like, yeah, yes, I've noticed there, that. There are some people that you're just like, oh, you're oh, okay, cool. You're at the bar, great. Uh, but for the most part, um, and I think especially now uh, in the part of Texas that we live in, because we're in, I'm near Fort Worth, you're near the HEB area, Hugh, Hearst, Euless, Bedford. And it, for those of you listening that don't know much about Texas, you know, cities and whatnot, you have Fort Worth's on the west side, Dallas is on the east, and you have this corridor in between of this connecting freeway called 183. And pretty much you go... You know, Dallas, the next big thing you're going west would be the, the airport. And there's really nothing in between there, beer-wise. But then after the airport and where we where I live, there's Turning Point Beer, which has become this great hub for all things local beers. Yeah, definitely. Beers. Yeah. Beer, beer community. Um, I, know I, I, I know it sounds like I'm a total fanboy of them. I really <laughs> love their beer. Um, but also, it's also great to see how they've embraced the community. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I would know I'm a member of their mm-hmm. I don't know, club Super secret or society yeah. club. You got your little coin to yeah. ring. <laughs> we have shirts. We have a glass now. We're all fancy. But yeah, I I mean, I love Turning Point. Um, and they've just evolved so much and they've had everyone just keep coming. And I think one of the great parts of getting into craft beer is I've gotten my friends into it as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, so they've gone from Bud Lights and Miller Lights. Not knocking them because I'll, you know, take a, I'll drink anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but now they go out to Turning Point with me, nice. or anytime we go, you know, road trip somewhere, they always rec- ask for a recommendation from me. What's the brewery where we should hit up down the way? Right, or yeah. or we're at this bar. What should I try? Yeah, I'm like, well, I don't know anything about beer, but. <laughs> I'll give you my opinion on what might be good. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's it's cool. I you know we go to trivia there every Tuesday or so. Oh okay, gotcha. And so do you have your team together? Yeah, we we have a solid squad. We haven't won, but okay. Uh, we're looking to make that you know happen soon. Do you, what's your squad's name? Uh, we change it every time. Okay, what was it last time? Uh, booze clues. We try and do puns and stuff like that. <laughs> that that so, is that is marvelous and horrible all at the same we, time, and I kind of dig it. <laughs> or we have one Please member of our lose. team who's solely, you know, her responsibility is to just come up with funny names. Okay. So we've won funniest name twice out of the five times we've been there. Okay. Three or four times, or four or five times. Gotcha. Um, so, yeah, that's normally our, our goal is... If we don't know the topic, we'll try funniest name you're, and you're then just, funniest answer. I just I just want to be one time on the microphone. Best name it goes to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Nice. Um, yeah, we've had some. I can't think of them, but uh, we we try and keep up with the puns and make mm. it funny. Gotcha. Um. So, I think uh, one of the things I can't wait to talk a little bit more about. Um, I've, I've been. Uh, really thinking about season two and uh this is before we're recording this before i've released anything and so there's still some recordings to, uh, i'm trying to get done but uh something I, i'm going to talk about later on but i'm going to mention with you here is uh what i'm going to call beer pressure and i think there's definitely a peer pressure within beer to like what everybody's liking and i know mm. that sounds stupid and horrible and corny but i feel like if you don't love and love to hate like hazy IPAs, like you're, it, it's not a shunning, but it's like, oh, you know, yeah. oh, you don't love, IP, you know, hazy IPAs. Oh, aren't you part of the crowd? What are you, a sheeple? You know, mm-hmm. oh, you love hazy IPAs? Oh, really? So does everybody else. Well, ha. Huh. Um, do you see anything of like beer pressure that you felt? Definitely. So I noticed that uh, with some of my friends, they were like, oh, you're going to get an IPA. Uh, like, oh, you're one of those people. What a what a hipster. I was like, oh, I just like it. It's good. I'm like not doing it to on. be cool. Um, but I feel it's, this is gonna sound dumb. I feel pressure when I'm on un, untapped, and I'm rating a beer, and I <laughs> why kinda, what, what kind of why the pressure? I need to hear this. I just feel like if it's highly rated and I read the reviews, mm-hmm. and then I don't really like it. Do you I feel, feel the, like you have to slide that bar a little further up? Yeah, <laughs> just to kind of not ro- lower the ranking and be like, oh, well, he, he knows what he's no. doing. Cause... Dude, you slide that bar wherever you want. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I definitely noticed there's pressure to like certain beers. Mm. And um, it's funny because when I went to get the, uh, when I went to the atrial release, mm. I brought my friend and I was hyped up. I was ready to go. You know, you have to try this. And he had it. And he was just like, oh, yeah, that's good. I was like, what? <laughs> You're like, look, this is one of the best beers in all the nation. Yeah. Just let, let you know. Like, thousands of people flock down for this. Yeah. And you're just like, yeah. Yeah, it's all right. It's cool. I give you this opportunity to try something mm-hmm. great. And you're like, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, there, I think there's definitely pressure. Uh, I don't know why. But I guess, the you know, the whole thing to kind of fit in with everyone and Make it like you do know what you're drinking and talking yeah. about. Yeah, I'm. I think about, especially in the trends that have come up and that have, that have been up and down, up and down. You see, and I think that, I think because, especially with hazy IPAs, because they came about at a time where, the swing up in popularity was in full motion and was at a very high point. Um, for craft beer because I've been in craft beer 12, 10, 12 years now. And, you know, there was like black IPAs, but I think because, and that was, that was a deal, but I don't, it didn't go anywhere. And I think that part of it was that beer was still trying to be popular. Craft beer was still trying to be popular. And also, um, if you didn't care for IPAs, you're not going to care for a black IPA. Whereas hazy IPAs, there's a the fruit juiciness of it um, makes people that are not even into IPAs go, oh, right, tastes like a pina colada. That's great. And so, I'm uh, I feel like there is definitely some like uh, I think this 
craze, even though I think it's it's gonna be it's gonna stick around, has brought about a certain um, I almost want to say uh, pressure that like that's the thing to that right. that's the thing because everybody's drinking that everybody needs to make them everybody needs to find one that they like and they can defend and there's not so much of a eh, it's a beer enjoy you right know? and I get that there's there's sides there's both sides to this but. I feel, especially with hazy IPAs, they've been uh, much more of a conduit for, um, for for beer pressure. I'll call it. Yeah, it seems like that's what everyone wants. Yeah. And even if they're not, you know, that brewery doesn't make it. I feel like everyone has some sort of hazy, um, just because that's what that's people what you gotta want. Have, yeah. Yeah. I don't know what kind of. I mean, other than that, it's good. I love hazies, but I don't know what kind of started the trend and made everyone love it but i'm fine if they stick around um garrett oliver i like what he said he said uh do you know garrett oliver is i do not um he is um the head brew not even brewmaster he's just kind of like the head beer guy at uh brooklyn brewery over in new york and he said that um hazy ipas were the first instagrammable beer okay and i'm like oh i get it Mm-hmm. And I totally see that because it's the first beer that, because um, you know, especially West Coast style IPAs, um, their color differential is not that far. They're super clear. They're right. SRM. Do you know what SRM is? Uh, no. It's a color coding. Okay. And so the lower SRM, the lighter the color, the higher SRM, the darker the color. Gotcha. And so when you have, uh, you know, the West Coast style IPAs, like think of Stone IPA, things like that, the SRM is much more like the, uh, I think it's like a 30, 20s, 30s, where it's just getting into that gold, um, a deeper, richer gold. And that's where IPAs kind of headed and kept in. And hazy IPAs, well, and that, and then what, what you could do is you could take that and you could take like um, another beer like California Common or an Amber Ale or something like that. You you had these beers that all sort of stayed within this color range or stout. You right. Know? Um, if they were and everything was made to be very clear, and so a hazy IPA stands out. It you know exactly yep. what you're mm-hmm. drinking when you see a hazy IPA because if you would have handed me an IPA in you know 2000 five and said hey try this i mean like what happened yeah you know <laughs> like what happened yeah, to that like why does what, it look dude, weird dude you, your 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 filter's wrong yeah, or are you making it like a I, I would literally have said are you making a weed ipa yeah. like what what's going on here and so um so uh i think that uh the rise of social media and uh the fact that it's such a uh, rise of instagram and the fact that it's such recognizable beer right is something that is really um Helped out the success of the the yeah, hazy beers. You know, it stands out to you're scrolling through Instagram and you see this yeah. nice glass with what looks like orange juice, but mm-hmm. maybe not. And you know, they have the filter on it and it just looks really cool. Yep. Then you kind of stop and be like, oh, I want to try that. Mm-hmm. So I definitely understand that. But yeah, yeah I mean, uh, that's what. My friends that are getting into beer, that's all that they've started with are, are, are hazies because they're like, oh, wow, this tastes like orange juice yeah, or something. And I'm like, yeah, yeah well, go for it. Yeah. When uh, the the first IPA I had was a, a Pliny the Elder. And that was like, a, oh, this is good. And then the next IPA I had was an Old Gub. 
Old Gubna from Oscar Blues. Have you had that one? I have not. Okay, you need to try it because it tastes like someone dipped a pine cone in pine air freshener <laughs> and threw it in a beer. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now I could drink it. Now, right. I, now I can appreciate it. But at the time, I was like, no, no, what is this? <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, it's it's so funny because that um, hops and the idea of hop additions and all that were about being aggressive with your hops. And like making them mean and assertive and like in your face with everything possible. And now it's gone from being mean to being like pina colada time. Yeah, you want it fruity now and not <laughs> Which, so bitter. There's there's definitely a part of me that goes like, ah, oh, this little sissy pina colada beer. Go, <laughs> go take your pina colada back to pina colada land. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel. Uh, like, oh, I mean, even this weekend, uh, we were at a, like a water park kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But it's BYOB. Everyone there had white claws. <laughs> and it, we were just like, wow, look at these people drinking white claws. Okay, I'm going to let you have some judgment on me. So tonight I'm uh, going to watch LA Galaxy. Okay. And I know that's cause for judgment yeah, for you. Yeah, I'm already judging you. I'm, oh, I'm, oh, I'm such a Galaxy fan and I love it. Um, but um, at the QT, they have like a two for six bucks beer. And they're like the tall boys, you know, the, the, the stove pop, right. stove top. Style cans. And for those of you listening, stove top, stove pipe style or stove top style are the super tall cans that you see that are like 19 or 22 ounces in just a long, tall can. Yeah. And, um, and, um, I went and got myself, cause I always get a California beer if I'm going to watch the galaxy. So I got myself a little, uh, Sierra Nevada. And then Kelly was like, what's this white claw about? And she saw, <laughs> she's like, I'm getting this Ruby grapefruit one and I'm excited to try it. I'm like, babe, you get yourself some Ruby grapefruit. White Claw. <laughs> and uh, just watching that going, oh, my goodness. Oh, she likes that. Then we're just going to have yeah. White Claw all summer long. Yeah, Claws Vala, baby. Mm. <laughs> oh, I can't stand those things. Oh. I, I don't like to think I'm pretentious about beer now that I'm into it, but I do turn my nose up. At, Is there some judgment that you... Yeah, mm-hmm. when people actively decide to choose White Claws over or Trulies over... Even like a Bud Light or a Miller Light or something. Uh, see, and I remember there was this thing called Zima. And then, uh, tell me you know about Zima. I do not. Oh my goodness, I feel so old right now. <laughs> Sorry. Zima was a malt beverage exactly like White Claw. And it was just a sugary-based, you know, uh, take sugar, add yeast, add yeah. flavoring. And it was just, it was it tasted like uh, you took 7-Up. Uh, uh, and threw a shot of vodka in it. Oh, nice. It was super popular, and then it just crashed. <laughs> <laughs> and then came uh, the Smeared Off Ice brand. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Now I'm, now I'm caught up in your time. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, I, I was uh, when I was a youth minister, <laughs> I went on a uh, retreat with a bunch of youth minister guys. And um, we were uh, there was one guy in there that didn't really, of the group, that was like boohoo alcohol. And so we thought, well, we'll bring smeared off ice because it's so low and it's not a beer. And we're like, ah, someone else is going to bring a beer. And literally out of the, like, I think it was like eight youth ministers that came together, like four of them brought, um, like either 12 or 24 packs of smeared off ice. And so all we drank that whole weekend was smeared off ice. I mean, just, I mean, we weren't wasted, but it was like, what do we have for breakfast? Smeared off. What do you have for lunch? Smeared off. What do you have for lunch? And we were just like fishing on a boat on a dock and just camping and whatnot. But literally the entire time, I don't think we drank any water. It was all smeared smeared off. off. Oh, it was so bad. You can kind of consider smearing off ice as water. Mm Mm-hmm. 
But I do like the dark, the, 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 there's a black cherry flavor. I was like, oh, yeah. that one I could dig. Yeah, we have, or have and had, like, it was big in high school and college, uh, Four Loco. Oh, gosh. Oh, no. Yeah, I had them, I had one once, and it was, like, the worst thing I've ever had. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, yeah. but, I mean, that's what everyone had, high, you know, senior year and then through mm. college, mm. just because it's a quick sugary drink with, with alcohol with in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I'm glad I have there grown will, out of that. There will always be those. Yeah. 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 Um, so what have been some of the biggest challenges for you getting into craft beers? Like, are there things that you've been like, um, like, I wish I could knew more about this or you're like, why is this so hard? Uh, I think the hardest thing for me is knowing what people want to trade and what they want. Mm. Cause the trade currency. Right. Yeah. Cause I don't know. I mean, there's so many beers. I don't know mm. what, you know, something from turning point is worth or what I would even want. That's mm-hmm. a comparable you don't or know, a you good don't know. value. Right. Yeah. You know, so everyone knows all these beers from all these breweries and I know most of the breweries, but that's about it. I don't know what specific, you know, yeah. big thing or anything. So I don't really know what to try. Yeah. So that's been my hardest, pro- uh, you know, problem. But, I mean, you've helped me out, and you've had, you know, friends that you've put me in contact mm-hmm. with to help me out as well. You can give a shout-out so, to Chris. He's been yeah. on the podcast. So. Yeah, Chris and uh, Aaron have both been yeah. very helpful to me. Aaron, so. if, if you're ever listening to this, I don't know if you ever listen to this. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I love the guy, but I, I don't think he's listening to this. We'll see. Maybe he does. If he gives, if he, I'll know if he does because he'll leave me something on Facebook kind of fun. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, they're great guys to, oh, yeah, definitely. to know here. I mean, just great guys in general, and then very knowledgeable, and mm-hmm. they help me out. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, and I just want to try everything, mm-hmm. but I want to get my value for what I'm giving, mm-hmm. and I just don't know that for know, like, most things. Yeah. So, Yeah. but I mean, I'm fine with anything. Mm-hmm. That's just kind of my, my take on beer is I either really like it or I don't. And I very rarely don't like something. Mm, gotcha. Gotcha. Um, I'm trying, I'm looking at my questions here. I'm going like, Ooh, what's, uh, what's the next one to go through? Do you have any questions? Um, not, I mean, <laughs> that would be something I would have to like sit down and prepare and it'd just be like, tell me everything about craft beer. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I, as of this moment, I don't, um, just cause I haven't really thought about, Oh, what about this or something like that? So, gotcha. Um, what are some of the beers that have, um, lived up to and not lived up to the hype if that you've experienced? Um, uh, let's see. Well, I'll fanboy for a second. Please. I love, I love everything from. Or I love all the barrel age snacks from Prairie. Mm. So I know that's I a think bit I of. I saw your Instagram. You were bringing home like a box or two. Yeah. Uh, from, of their, uh, was it Pirate Noir and oh, the Pirate, Pirate Paradise. And oh. Um, so I know that's a kind of point of contention right now with, you know, depending on who you talk to about Prairie mm-hmm. and their group. But I mean, I love them. Mm. 
So I for me, any barrel aged stout and these are like the first times I've had these two. Mm. So of so course this is your first time having like Pirate Noir and Paradise Noir. Right. Pirate Noir is nice. It, yeah. it is a fun one. Yeah, I really enjoyed that one. Um but I guess kind of circle back, that prairie is kind of what started me on this kick of buying craft beer mm. and really getting interested in it. Because uh, I was living in Oklahoma City, and they have a tap room there. Yep. And right before I left in December, they were giving out, or you know, they were releasing their uh, uh, Bourbon Paradise, mm-hmm. and forgot the uh, Christmas one. Oh, um, is it? Is it? Oh, man. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm now. I'm now. I see it like I every time. Christmas I, Paradise, but I, I, I don't think that's right. Yeah, um, I mean, I see it all the time. I just, I'm like, oh yeah, it's there. I know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I got you know a box of those, and I was like, all right, well, I love Prairie, so let me try these. And then I just been collecting since there. So, uh, they, for me, they live up to the hype. I don't necessarily know what doesn't live up to the hype, um, because again, I like everything. Um, but some of the big things that I've been able to try, I believe that they've lived up to the hype, and mm. in my opinion. Gotcha. But again, as someone who doesn't really have a baseline for most of these, you know, big beers, I don't, you know, think my uh, opinion is very solid. So let me, okay, let me, I'll, I'll get back to that. But is there any beer that you're that you've been like disappointed in that you're like, eh? Um, not that I can think of off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, I know that's a bad answer, but no, <laughs> no bad answers right now. Um, yeah, honestly, there's nothing that people have expectations of. And then I'm like, eh, not really. And with the whole untapped thing, my pressure is maybe giving it a four instead of a four and a half or 4.25. So it's not like. I don't like something a lot mm-hmm. that everyone likes. It's just like I'm off by a little bit. Gotcha. I see to me I'm I'm much more the the route of of using untapped as a reference point of okay, apparently a lot of people like this beer great, you know? Um and if it's I'm also I a couple of years ago, uh, about four or five years ago, I was into chasing down beers, especially like, you know, beers that I really loved. I was into finding someone that had it and trying to get a trade for that or things like that. And um, now I'm much more, um, not blase fair, but my urgency for getting that one beer is so much lower than what it was, what it has been in years. Um, partially because I have two kids and I can't afford to do that. Right, so yeah. we're going to put that at the top of the list. <laughs> um, you know, uh, daycare expensive, yo. You you yep. single, you don't need to know about daycare <laughs> right now. And that's amazing. I'm so glad about that. Um, but uh, finances, one, have been, have been very much a culling of my beer budget, which is, uh, that's not a complaint at all. It's just a, a fact of life. Um, because to me, it's not a, it's more like that's where I'm at right now and, it's not where I'm always going to be, and that's cool. Um, but 
to me, I use untapped as kind of a reference point of like, okay, people say this is good. And then I go, well, here's what I think. And that's where the slider runs free. Um, There've been times where I've definitely had a beer and gone like, really? That's a four and a half? Because I'm like more like a three and a half. Yeah, I've definitely been there. And then I'm Um, just like, okay, great. Three and a half. That's all right. Blah, 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 blah. And then there's some beers that I don't care about. Uh, I don't care what other people think. You want to say that's a three. I'm saying that's like a four. Right. Because I love this beer. And to me, that's this is the beer that I want any day, every day. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll do that um, if I know the beer doesn't have those lofty expectations. Mm-hmm. I'll just be like, oh, okay, well, I like it. Or if there is something that's like a 3.5, and I'm like, wow, this is good. Why is this rated so low? Mm-hmm. But I think I just have low standards for – the, the bar is low, so I like anything. Okay, so I'll just let you know. My – my, uh, let me see. I want to make sure I get this right. Anchor Steam beer. Okay, Anchor Steam. All right. So my Desert Island beer. Okay, the one if I could, if I was on Desert Island, I just had to have a tap handle. Is Anchor Steam. It's my favorite beer of all time. It it really is. I love it. I don't get it here because it's so old. Right. You know, even in California, like I'm searching the packages for like a fresh Anchor Steam because I love that. And it's a, uh, what is this? Anchor Steam. Anchor Steam. Uh, where's the 3.49? And I'm like, screw you guys. <laughs> <laughs> that to me is like a 4.5, yeah. 4.9. Because I love, love, love that beer. And I get that is emotion talking, but I don't care. To me, it's just such a great, well-balanced, nutty hoppy multi beer and i love and i've had it too and i really enjoyed it the one time when i was in san francisco oh yeah having it in san francisco i mean that's yeah yeah, that's also a fun addition to the experience yeah if i had known i would have tried to find some fresh and bring it back but that is i'll I'll try and have to go out there again sometime you know on your weekends going i feel like going to san francisco yeah let me just do a day trip yeah (laughs) um is there anything that you're hoping to learn more about? I mean, I know we talked about cans, you know, trainings and, uh, you know, values. But um, aside from that, is there anything within, like, the craft beer community that you're like, man, I wish I knew more of what to do here or is in this situation or uh, wish I could do this? Um, I think the first thing that comes to mind is muling. Mm. I since I do get the opportunity to travel places, mm-hmm. um, I would probably want to get into more of that. Mm. But for now, I'm content with just grabbing a few and handing them out to, mm-hmm. you know, the close people that I know. But I think in the future, I would want to get more active in the community mm. and then kind of offer my services. But I know that kind of comes down, you know, kind of go down that rabbit hole where everyone's starting to, you know, demand you go somewhere for some opening and all that. So I don't know if I want to open that can of worms yet. That's where I go. I wonder if you, that's when I think it would be fun to go onto the, because we're, we're both part of several different groups online and just go, hey, I'm here right now. You have 20 minutes to give me your order. Yeah. If I don't get an order and a Venmo. Yeah, then tough luck. Tough luck, yeah. <laughs> all right, yeah, I'll uh, I'll start doing that. Just be like, hey, uh, hopefully I don't get like a hundred people, you know, 
I mean, if they want to send me <laughs> money, got, I'll take it. You've got $3,000 in your yeah. bed. <laughs> I one. made it to Belgium. I'm out of Canteon release. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I only have one bag, so <laughs> I'm going to have to cut off at some point. Uh, I've always, by the way, I've always wanted to go to the uh, Fufu uh, Canteon release. Do you know what that is? I do not. It's their, um, I think it's their apricot sour, uh, apricot saison, and it is, um, uh, it's one of my top five beers. Um, I've thought about shelling out the money for a bottle, um, or I've wondered like if anything, if I've got like a case of beer that I could trade for that. Um, but, uh, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. My bad. I mean, my understanding standing is anything from Cantillon is pretty, You've had pretty a couple great. Canties. I, I, I think I've, I've had, I've won that I have not opened yet. Oh, you haven't opened that. No, I was waiting for a special occasion oh. and then that occasion came and went. Gotcha. Um, I would say, so here's, here's something that I heard and I'm, I'm kind of now thinking about sticking to something like this. Um, there was this wine guy that had, uh, I mean, abundance, an ex, an absorbent, an, um, an, an, I'm trying to think. Like uh, an enormous uh, abundance. Yeah, it's it's abnormance, um, abnormance, abnormals, uh, a lot of wine. Yeah, <laughs> more than he could drink in any like in his lifetime. So he started thinking about uh, when would be a good time to drink it. And he was always waiting for special occasions, and he goes, you know what? I'm gonna pick a day that there's nothing going on and just clear out a, a section of my cellar and so he picked uh i think it was the weekend after valentine's because nothing's happening that right. weekend and so now him and his buddies get together and on the weekend after valentine's day just bring over just all the wine that they can drink and more and just nice. open it up and have a good time I'm like i like that idea yeah all right we'll have to start doing that well and what i've started doing is um so like what we were drinking tonight i'm sorry i didn't tell you but we're drinking tonight we're drinking uh the brewery terroir um collaboration series of confession uh it's a, a sour ale aged with riesling grapes um with the grapes coming from fez parker out in paso robles i believe and uh this was lovely yeah, um, it was really great. I I really enjoyed it. Um, now this is a 2016 bottle, mm-hmm, I didn't and that. and I've been holding on to it and going, you know what? I've been holding on to this bottle. Why not? Yeah. And uh, it's been really fun to just start pulling from my cellar. Granted, my cellar is dwindling, <laughs> um, but I'm having a great time just enjoying these beers and going like, yeah, someone's coming over. Let's open up something fun. Great. Yeah, and I think that's a good take on it. I'll probably start applying that. I mean. Every day can be a special occasion, right? I, so. I'm, I'm a fan of that, but also of, um, I've got patience. I mean, this is a 2016, so mm-hmm. I've had this yeah. bottle for probably at least two years, you know. And, um, I mean, first off, that beer could have had another two years in the bottle, and it would have done great. Right. I mean, that five years would have been awesome. Um, not that it's not a great beer right now. But I think if it would have given two years, man. But I don't. I, I'm I'm trying to look at things going. Um, I heard someone say say it this way. I don't want to die with a lot of beer in my cellar. Yeah, that's a good point. And I'm like that. That hit home because yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to die and go like, man, look at all this mountain yeah. of beer I've got that I never yeah, you know, wasted all of it. Yeah. Yeah. Or someone else is gonna drink it that may not appreciate. Great. I just it. bought someone. Yeah. <laughs> <the cellar. laughs> yeah. No, I, I totally get that. Yeah. 
Uh, this is the, the the next one I was hoping to get to. Um, if there's anything that you wish you could tell breweries for people that are getting new into beer, like your advice to a brewer or brewery going like, hey, as someone just getting into beer and been into beer less than a year, here's what I wish you knew. I think the telling them mm-hmm. would kind of be to get creative, experiment, mm. try something different. Like Martin House has been putting out some some funky stuff, you know, especially with mm-hmm. their pickle you know, sour pickle that yes. everyone's going crazy uh, for. Everybody's loving it. I, I haven't tried it just because I've had other beers that I've been wanting right. to get to first, but I'm, I will try a pickle beer at some point in time. Yeah, and I haven't had it either, but I, everyone's just been going crazy for it. Mm-hmm. But it's the cool, interesting things, kind of like that, that mm-hmm. I just be like, just kind of step out and see what happens. Just put a whole bunch of stuff together and, mm-hmm. you know, let it fly. Mm-hmm. Um, what I would ask a brewer, mm-hmm. um, I think I still have trouble with the whole process of brewing and all that really so and you've been to one of my brew days haven't you? and you've explained really? everything like a million times to me huh. and i just can't like wrap my head around it for some reason hmm. um so i don't know maybe i just need to actually walk through everything because i think your brew days i show up like <laughs> the last half or something i, I missed all the showed a little, little later yeah. i think you're showing up like at the pitching of the, the yeast part. Yeah, yeah so i miss all the important stuff um but yeah, I think maybe if I can like physically like do everything mm. and learn that way, um, then that would be helpful to me. Mm. But I don't have any interesting questions to ask. Dude, it's not brewers. About, it's it's not like other than like why why did you choose to make this beer? Mm. What was your inspiration? Mm. Why'd you name it this? Stuff like gotcha. that. Kind of the generic stuff. But. Okay. Gotcha. And I, I, you know, I asked that not because I'm Mr. Brewer and, and want to, you know, you know, partake that knowledge to other people, but it's something that um, when I was just getting into beer, um, I didn't really have breweries nearby to like go to. Right. And so um, for me to be able to talk to a brewer, I would have been like, oh, uh, I, I would have been just like deer in the headlights. Yeah. Um, now I'm much more comfortable. I've, I've got a, a set of questions in the back of my head. I can always ask up and bring up that aren't normally like, well, what kind of hops are you using? Yeah. The um, generic, you know? Yeah. And those aren't bad questions, right. but that's something I'm not as interested in. Cause I can figure and, that out someplace yeah, else. Yeah. And, um, I think it was one of your previous podcasts you were talking, or maybe you and Chris or you mm-hmm. and Jerry, uh, you know, we're talking about, you know, what do you ask? the the mm-hmm. brewers and people kind of ask oh what hops do you do and all that mm-hmm. so they started putting it on the cans mm-hmm. so people will stop asking mm-hmm. and i feel like that's just one of those questions where yeah they you know they get sick of it and mm-hmm. all that so i don't really think i would have any good questions mm-hmm. to ask them but i'm glad you do so I, well I, the, the questions that i have are one of the things I, I, I like to ask um, is, and this is a, a very dumb question, and it's only one that's like on a, on a, a beard nerd level that is it, that I like to be at. Um, I like to ask about their glycol jackets. Do you know what I'm talking about in glycol jackets? I do not. So the once the beer is, once um, 
the, the boil is done and they've cooled off the beer, they've got to put it into a big fermenter and pitch the yeast. That fermenter has to stay at a certain temperature. So you have the fermenter is like a, think of like a Coke can and then put a jacket of aluminum around that Coke can. And then that in between that, those two pieces of metal is glycol. Okay. So antifreeze. Right. And so they've got a regulator that regulates the temperature of that glycol. Okay. So they can bump that up and down. So one of the things I like, I always like to ask is I like look around, it's like, where's your glycol coming in? Oh, okay. I see it's over there next to this, next to this. And it's just one of those things that, because no one asks about glycol, but it's such an important thing. <laughs> and it's such a thing that is such a pain because for one, it's expensive. It's like a dollar a gallon. So that doesn't seem expensive. But when you look at the size of those fermenters, yeah, it adds up. It adds up quick. It's also really finicky, and no, I, I haven't met a brewer that is like, man, I love my glycol system. Right. So, it, oh, it give you give someone something to complain about, like they just start mm-hmm. opening up. Um, but also, glycol systems are just kind of an inside, like look at. It's one of those like you don't know about glycol unless you've like been around it and like what it means to the brewer. And so um, that's also one of those questions of like, it lets you into like their system itself, you know? Right. Um, yeah. And I mean, you have the unique perspective since you do homebrew, you yeah, can ask all these questions that But that one didn't come up from don't. homebrewing. Oh, okay. That one came up when I was at a distillery and um, I was at a distillery and someone was mentioning about the temperature that gets inside of the distillery. And um, I was like, oh, they've got to regulate by their glycol. And I said, what's your glycol system like? And man, this guy opened up and he would not. I mean, it was like, it was like, okay, I've got to go. Yeah. <laughs> talking to this distiller. Like, I've got to go to my friends. We're at a, we're in wine country. We're like, all right, we got to go. And we were talking up glycol and, and then instantly went into brewing to, you know, everything yeah. that they made. Oh, it was great. Um, but that's how that question hmm. came up. It wasn't because it was something I like, I've really thought about. It was just rando thing that it was like, Oh, that turned into that conversation. Right. So now I kind of keep that one in my back pocket. Yeah. Um, the other one that I like to talk, uh, I'll ask is, um, how big is your system? Um, you know, or, um, you know, like how many barrels is your, is your system going? Like, why did you choose that amount? Because that is um, something that's very personable to them. And there's almost always a story behind that. Like, well, we decided on a seven gallon or we decided on the 30, I mean, the seven barrel, the 30 barrel or the 10 barrel. Those are normally where you're looking at in between. I mean, if you're looking at a seven barrel system, that's a really small system. Um, But when you start talking about the, the 10 to the 30, you're talking about production scale. Right. And then that gets them to a whole other conversation of like, well, we want to be able to share this. We have to, and that leads to the whole other length of the, of the, of the brewery. Yeah. All right. All right. I'm going to steal your question. You now. steal those questions. <laughs> yeah. If, you, if I start hearing about like glycol questions in a, I was like, man, this, why are people asking about yeah. glycol? <laughs> Just know that you started mm-hmm. that. Yeah. And they're either going to love you or hate you for it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm fine with that. If, if that's my impression, if that's my like mark on the DFW brew scene, glycol yeah. questions. <laughs> we need to get that trending or something. Uh, glycol. Yeah. What's your glycol? <laughs> oh, man. Drew, it has been so good hanging out. 
I mean, I'm trying like this this expired, you know, temptress mole, whatever. <laughs> but it's been so good. Yeah, I've had a blast. Man, this has been a lot of fun. Um, any uh, little last questions for me? Um, not in particular. Um, I'm. I probably should have thought of questions. <laughs> But I just didn't. You, so, you slacker. I know. <laughs> but I just normally like don't have questions unless I just like think of it, you know, in the moment. Um, again, I mean, if I sat down and thought of stuff, we could do like five podcasts of you just educating me on well, and I, and beer one hundred and one and well, going no, on from there. I don't. I don't want to be like this. Is this is not the place. This this episode is not the place <laughs> right. for that. But I was just wondering, like, oh, is there any other random questions you have that you're just like, man, I would love to have hit this. Um, um, what was the one? What's one beer that you thought you know that was hyped up that mm-hmm. you didn't like? That I didn't like, um, or you thought it was overhyped. You know, there's been more than a few stouts that I've been like, "That's good, but it's not what I want." Um, I got a chance to do a cycle vertical, um, cycle from oh, I can't remember the brewery right now, um, but uh, it's they've got a, a, a I believe a Monday through Saturday beer set. And I got a chance to try all of them. And I was, um, there was, I think the most popular one was like Wednesday in our group or Thursday. I can't remember. But I remember the most popular one for everybody that they were all really excited to try. I was like, that's all right. But I like this one better. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like the second favorite one. And I'm like, that's my favorite. Like yeah. that. There's still more in that bottle. I will take more of that. Um, you know, I think there's been um, a couple of hazies that I've been like, okay, that's good. Trying to think, because I had an example of this earlier on. I'll probably, I'll probably come back to this in the the the, the talk about in the, the intro. Yeah. And go like, Drew, here's my like <laughs> overrated beer that I was like, right. Meh, about. Do you have an underrated one that like no one knows about, but you just discovered and enjoyed it? Oh, that I just discovered. Nothing that I've just discovered. Um, Anchor Steam for sure. I think that yeah, that, yeah. that people look at it and if they don't know it they go like oh it's not super hoppy or it's nothing mm-hmm. too extreme um i think that um esbs get a bad rap overall um because they're not uh, again an extreme flavor right um they're very much just a good tasting beer and they're made to have several of mm-hmm. um i really do enjoy and sessionable was a whole big word uh you know trend but the idea of having a three percent or not three percent like a four percent beer that tastes amazing is something that i wish we had more of here um because there's plenty of beers that are low abv but low abv and still taste amazing yeah yeah i think that might be something i can or i would ask a brewer or tell them um i've noticed that a few places there you're either IPA, hazy IPA, where you have stout, mm-hmm. and that's about it. Yeah. There's no real middle ground, or they have one sour mm-hmm. and all that. And I think a lot of people who aren't, you know, used to those flavors and the uh, hoppiness or anything like that, mm-hmm. might want something like a middle ground, or maybe mm-hmm. a couple more sours, or something like a lager, or mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. The idea of all beers have to be extreme, 
have to be like so packed full of flavor, so packed full of this. And it doesn't have to be all in your face. Right. Um, it's something that I really appreciate. Like I really love it when uh, I know Brutal's opened up recently and I know, I know Turning Point does this. Um, and Collective, I don't talk about much about them, but um, they're really like my favorite brewery in the area. Um, they're the ones that I that I still love any chance I get to go to them. And I try so much on their menu because yeah. I love the beers that they make. Um, but I love that they almost always have something in the lower ABV that's just an easy, mm-hmm. easy peasy chill beer that tastes great. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and a lot of places have these 8% and up. Mm-hmm. And not everyone lives near them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so. Not, not you, everything's a $10 Uber drive. Right. Yeah. So I think something, you know, maybe having something flavorable like a Anchor's team, uh, you know, and a couple of options like that at mm. each place would be kind of good. Um, you know, I know that's kind of catering to the new or the less, you know, experienced mm. drinker. But I think some places are kind of missing out on that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I appreciate any time that I see something on the menu that's just a, a 5 plus minus 5%, yeah. 0.5% of that. Yeah, it's good to have those on. Um, well, Drew, um, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate you coming by the house and enjoying a couple beers. Um, you have an Instagram. I do. It, it, would you like to share that out to the crowd if anybody wants to follow your travels of beers yeah, and if, things like that? If you're interested uh, in where I travel to and... I can, I'll start posting more of the beers that I'm traveling to. I mean, you do you, man. Uh, Instagram is at AndrewBurns92. AndrewBurns92. And then... No underscores? No underscores. Gotcha. And then I can pull up my untapped if you want to... Yeah, throw that out there. See what... And try and figure out what I'm being pressured into... Into, tra- <laughs> into rating? Scaling. <laughs> All right, my untapped, Andrew Burns. The username is TT. M A V S nine two. Okay, gotcha. So T T Mavs ninety two. So so follow Drew. Um, he, I mean, beyond his his awesome travels, uh, he is generally found at Turning Point. Uh, yeah, I am a member. So you I'm are there. a member. I'm um, there more than I, you know, want to share. <laughs> yeah. No, and they're they're a great brewery, and um, I, I know that you and I have hung out there more than a few times. Mm-hmm. It's always great to catch up with you there. Uh, and they just became a Liverpool destination, so it'd be Ugh. good to see you there with me. Definitely not. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna pass on that. <laughs> uh, Unless it's the Liverpool Chelsea. Chelsea. I think we might have to. If if it's on a Saturday, then yeah, I think we might I'll, have to try to. Plan I'll to, to go I'll block there. my schedule You'll off block for the that. Schedule. Okay. All right. Drew, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it, man. Uh, I really appreciate you. Right, thank man. you for having me on here. Uh, cheers. Cheers. <laughs>